Greetings, listeners. We are here with another side quest. It's a side quest that we were expecting to do a little bit earlier, but then we got blindsided wonderfully by Witcher Season 3 stuff. So you're getting this just a tad bit later than um, we were planning on doing. Um, yeah, uh, Valerie, do you want to say what we're doing this episode? Well, Tim, we're doing our Hexer wrap-up. Where is our final fond farewell to the majesty, the mystery that is Hexer? We're doing the top three things that Hexer does better than Netflix Witcher. Ooh, mm -hmm. ah, controversy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a lot of controversy. Um, couple things I think are worth mentioning. First, we are still recording remotely, recording virtually. Um, we're still a bit under the weather. So, um, so yeah, if we sound a little bit different and certainly if you hear us like sniffling, sneezing or anything like that, we'll obviously try our best to edit that out. But if any of them make it on, that's what's going on. Um, yeah, so, Tim, yeah. try your best to edit that out, will you please? <laughs> All right. You're just overcome with emotion over the yeah. end of Hexer. You're, yeah. Just, there are yeah. tears and. <laughs> <laughs> that turned into random coughs and sneezes. So. <laughs> Don't you cough and sneeze when you're sad, Valor? All the time, Tim. We'll, we'll um, post a full list of the bodily functions that uh, Hexer <laughs> elicited from us uh, on social media. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, that would be quite an interesting list. Earn that already, <laughs> guys. Let's do, let's do a countdown of that. <laughs> well, um, on that note, Tim. Yeah, well, well no, I wasn't done quite like setting this up. Um, we each have our list of, of three things. Mm -hmm. And when I say each, I mean, um, you, me and producer Sean as well. He is going to participate too. And I think the last thing I'd like to say before we get into it, and Valerie, you, if you have anything else to say before we get into it, you can follow. But, um, last thing I'd like to say is, okay, just to make this clear, I think everyone who listens to us normally probably, um, knows this, but we are huge fans of the Netflix Witcher series. We love it. That's why we started this podcast. Um, so while we're having a little fun with this episode, um, this is by no means us saying like, oh God, Netflix Witcher is so bad. Um, Hexer is even better. If that's what you're expecting from this, <laughs> you're going to be so sorely disappointed because that is not true. <laughs> As anyone who is seriously, objectively sat and watched all 13 episodes of Hexer can tell you, that is not the case. So It's perfect um, in every way. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about you talking about Hexer? Of course. <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta you gotta keep that line. You're gonna like you know try to try to make that case. Cause, <laughs> Should we build a new monster? Like no, we still got those tentacles lying around. You can just fight that again. We got that one dragon that's really interesting looking. <laughs> <laughs> that giant like you know um, spirit Halloween spider. And, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I love that spider. <laughs> um, yeah, no. It, I, honestly, guys, if you haven't listened to our Hexer episodes, you should go back and listen to them because we do have a lot of fun with that show. But oh my god, is it a slog? So, <laughs> but there are some things that it genuinely, like, like objectively, well, at least in our own opinion, does well, does well, and does better than the Netflix series, honestly. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, tonight. So, um, so yeah, I I have mine listed um, three, two, one, kind of counting down. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's how you. If yours are in any particular order. Or... Yeah, same. And I feel like we're going to have some crossover for sure. Yeah, I think I like I'm going to go on record, although you like to. I think sometimes maybe you do this deliberately throw me curveballs, but I'm going to go me? on record. Yeah, as saying I think you're number one and my number one. Yeah, are gonna be the same. I think so. Sean OK, if you think too. so. Yeah, I think all three of our number one is going to be the same. OK, OK. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so let's let's maybe anticipate that. Um, but I'm curious about the other two. So um, I. I've written stuff down. You said you um, did not. So we're all going to do this different ways. But who wants to go first? <laughs> <laughs> Long pause. <laughs> uh -huh. I mean, okay. All right, Sean. <laughs> Number three, MILF energy. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's, it's such a weird treat, just like in the weird mess that the show is, that um, any scene between Hex... Uh, uh, Gareth. 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 <laughs> Drink. Gareth. <laughs> you know, Are we? <laughs> I've been I've been listening to a lot of the dollop lately with uh, uh. Gareth Reynolds, um, uh. but drinking. <laughs> Pretty much any scene between Geralt and either Calanthe or Nenica like, feels like it's about to like fall into the porn version of the show, like at any second. 
Um, and that's a lot of fun. So, yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I enjoyed that. <laughs> well, I can do mine next. Mine, okay. and I talked about this a little bit in one of our previous episodes. I love that there are normal looking people on this show. Now, not everybody. It's very skewed women versus men. Like a lot of the women, particularly the love interests, are still on the side of hot. But on overall, you have like normal looking actors, people you would see in everyday real life that aren't this Western Hollywood ideal of beauty playing different roles. And it's really cool. It's really cool to see different people and people that look like they actually populate the world. Not that I'm mad that Netflix Witcher actors are all super, super hot. But there comes a point where you're like, did that character really need to be super, super hot? I mean, come on. <laughs> so, yeah, I just appreciate having having normal looking people, having a variety of people. Granted, they're all very white and very Polish, but still just different body types, different ages, MILF energy, like Sean said. So it was cool just getting to see a variety in a way that we don't normally get to see when we watch shows that like have a more Western media tilt. What's what's interesting is, um, yeah, it 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 does kind of just make it feel like more like the real world outside, like everyone's kind of day-to-day -day sort of life. Like you said, albeit pretty white, but, um, but you know, there's always this sort of error with kind of most Hollywood productions where like you said, everyone's so good looking, everyone conforms to a certain type, unless, unless, you know, they're playing, uh, you know, they're playing against that type, you know, like, like, like some of these comedians who maybe are bigger or maybe, yeah. So, so there is, there, you know, it, it feels like everything is always so deliberate, whereas this felt like felt like just people. Yeah. And um, and at the same time, the characters that were supposed to be attractive and alluring made themselves, you know, they, they were attractive and alluring. The characters that were supposed to be villainous and maybe, you know, um, get you angry at them were able to do that. Like it was it was done through the performance. It was done through the dialogue, which, you know. Granted, we had to parse out the best we could with these awful translations, but it, um, it, you know, it was kind of an interesting change. And so I think that's that's definitely something that's worth calling out. So um, so good choice. Both of you guys. Uh, you're reminding me of one of uh, Pat Oswalt's bits that, you know, would maybe true because uh -huh. it's a bit in a comedy show. Um, but talking about how he was at, you know, some event and was standing in line behind Brian Dennehy at, you know, whatever the buffet was. Uh, and he was, uh, he said he was trying to watch his weight at the moment and you're just kind of like, you know, getting salad and stuff. And then Brian Dennehy was in front of him, just piling every <coughs> indulgent, whatever was, you know, available onto his plate and said like character actors, no one gives a shit how we look. <laughs> <laughs> and Patton was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and decided to follow suit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the same sort of energy that I felt like this this show had. Um, and, you know, sometimes it was so um, unfamiliar to us that it just, it seemed almost humorous, but then, you know, like, I, and it was usually you, Valerie, who would point out, but like, you'd point out that, well, yeah, but this just feels like a normal person. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're, they're not ridiculously high. Well, yeah. Even they're like, a little even like Renfrey, yeah. like Renfrey's very attractive, but she's got a non-conventional nose. She's got kind yeah. of like a hooked nose, which isn't something you see in Hollywood because everybody's looks so, you know, the same and this standardized yeah. version of what beauty is supposed to be. So just to see people with like interesting features that look like people you'd see in the world is really cool. Yeah. 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 It was really refreshing. Yeah. 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 And she was such a good performer to boot. Yeah. So, okay. So my number three, and you guys are going to have to bear with me while I read what I, what I wrote down. Um, my number three is adapting the eternal flame. Mm -hmm. Now to be clear, Hexer didn't do a great job adapting the eternal flame. In fact, they barely adapted it at all, choosing to focus only on the opening act of the short story before fast traveling into an adaptation of an entirely different short story from an entirely different book, The Edge of the World which they actually do a much better job with than they do with The Eternal Flame. So why on earth would I pick this as something the Hexer does better than The Witcher? Quite simply because the Netflix series didn't adapt this short story at all. To be fair, I get it to a certain extent. It's one of the more comedic Witcher short stories, and silly comedy isn't Netflix Witcher's vibe. But in adapting The Eternal Flame, the Hexer introduces a number of things to the Witcher universe that I think work to its advantage. First off, it introduces Novigrad. Now, Anyone who's played the Witcher 3 video game knows what a great city and setting Novigrad is. 
It's a continent's big metropolis where thousands work and live and play, and where some of the most intriguing characters and quests of the game are introduced. Wouldn't you like to see some of that energy brought to the show? We've seen Geralt make his way through cities before, but Novigrad would be on an entirely different level. And you never know what might happen. Geralt might walk into a barber shop to get a shave and come out with a bowl haircut. You never know, Valerie. <laughs> That's a reference to Valerie's gameplay, guys. I still, I'm replaying it and I still haven't found that guy. So I'll let you know as soon as I do. Yeah. Um, now, um, the Eternal Flame also gives us our first glimpse of a side of Yaskir that, well, I know you and other fans and listeners aren't the biggest fans of, is still, a, is still fundamentally a part of the character in both the books and the games. And that is that, as producer Sean so eloquently puts it, Yaskir fucks. The opening scene between Dandelion and Vespula reveals our bard to be the philandering cad that he is, a character trait that I would argue adds depth to his relationship with Geralt. After all, if Yaskir's regular approach to relationships is to use them and lose them, how much must he feel for Geralt to stand by him? But finally, and you knew I was going to go here, Valerie. Uh, I was waiting eternal, for it, <laughs> The Eternal Flame introduces Dudu. And while he's a sillier, stranger character than the Doppler introduced in Netflix's Witcher Season 1, you can't dispute that he's been a lot more fun to talk, joke, and laugh about. True, part of this is because the Hexer didn't seem to know what to do with him, but that's okay because we knew what to do with him and that was to turn his unfortunate name into juvenile humor gold. Maybe this particular argument is only applicable for us, but I consider some of our laughs and groans about Dudu to be some of the most fun moments I've had doing this podcast. What's on screen may be Dudu at times, but what we got out of it was anything but. Aww. So... That's my the real doo-doo was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in other words. <laughs> so you knew I was going to go there. <laughs> I did, I, just, I did. I, I could have just talked on and on about how much I love doo-doo and how much I love just laying in and being a, a four-year-old about that name. But, you know, I, well, I decided to bring a little bit more to it. So. Speaking of restraint, I want you to appreciate the fact that I did not once belt out with the bangles during your entire monologue. So. <laughs> I thought about actually mentioning that, too, that it also led to this, this heated discussion about the bangles and how good of a song Eternal Flame is. But, you know, hey. It's better than um, Hong Kong Burn in Love. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> um, but um, But it is, you know. It does make more sense as a title for uh, uh, a Witcher short story. If there, was a, if there was a Witcher short story called A Hunk of Burn in Love, I, I don't know. It would feel a little not on brand for it. So. Um, well, as uh, Sapkowski has teased that, you know, there might be more material coming. Uh, we, we, for all we know, the very can, first short story that comes in the next volume could be A Hunk of Burn in Love. You know, if the next short story that comes in... Um, you know, the, the, whatever next collection he releases, if the first short story is called A Hunk of Burning Love, that just proves that Sapkowski listens to our podcast. Because how the fuck else <laughs> would he even ever think about that? <laughs> like, that is extremely unlikely in all regards. Like, you know, I think it's more of a chance that, you know, the sky will start raining, you know, like gold pigs but like hey you know <laughs> if it happens you know whether he acknowledges or not Sapkowski listens to this podcast that's what that means so uh all right should we move on to our number twos <laughs> yes and, and Tim I feel like we should always end with you as you actually have beautifully written things prepared I mean I don't know about that but okay <laughs> so who starts off number two do you Sean do you just want to keep going in order yeah I mean mine's nonsense again so uh, <laughs> my number two is doo-doo <laughs> <laughs> now did you name number two doo-doo on purpose <laughs> yeah was that? Uh, <laughs> I mean it he's the answer to what my number mm, <laughs> uh, I don't know how to dig my way out of this one <laughs> just continue continue yeah. on Anyway, honestly, it was like bored just because Tim and I got to have so much fun <laughs> and uh, spend an episode and a half pretty much torturing you, Valerie, with uh, our juvenile bullshit. You did it, um, It was. It was. It was, in fact, um, I can't think of any other way to describe it other than torturing Valerie. <laughs> which was she rough. was. She was such a good sport about. But, it was so oh, rough. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like, like, you know, in, in the moments when I 
like am contributing to the show uh aside from the whiskey segments i feel like you and i are like more in alignment and like giving tim shit so mm -hmm. it, like it, it felt good to kind of you know <laughs> kind of shift it the other way and kind of you know strike some balance there it's only fair <laughs> and also you know comparing like the two different dopplers i loved mousak and it was such a bummer seeing him go out the way that he did in the netflix show and seeing the uh the hexer version of a doppler um one not doing that and two just like the weird little mutant that the makeup department made him uh was uh that was a treat <laughs> yeah he was he was interesting looking i still you know that nose i could not take seriously but that's how it's described in the book so yeah um yeah <laughs> I don't know. What'd you think of Doo Doo All Things Said, Bauer? Like, I mean, it was <laughs> honestly, cool that they included him. Like, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that that he was in it as well. And now he's apparently a raven. I was gonna say we also had good luck, good laughs over him turning <laughs> oh, into too, a fucking yeah. bird. <laughs> 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 Off camera. Off, Off camera. camera. Yeah. No reason. That's why I said it wasn't just us making, you know, juvenile jokes about his name. We just had like laughs just every time he was referenced, you know. <laughs> so um, so I don't know. I I while I'm not going to say he he added that much to the, the narrative, I mean, he is from the books. It's something that they managed to work into it. And like we had fun with him. So, yeah, um, I I like doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> Tim likes doo doo. <laughs> uh, on that transition question, uh, my question hashtag mark, will be uh, yes, you're clearly fucks and yours could be Tim likes doo doo. <laughs> We are like like you pointed out. We are on our number two um, point. So yeah, <laughs> I think it's a good transition, Valerie. <laughs> Great, because mine was kind of serious. <laughs> no, I was just I was just gonna say my my second choice is that I liked that Hexer portrayed the ramifications of witchering on Geralt, both body and mind. We got sensitive boy Geralt and Hexer. He's got feelings about his lot in life, about being a witcher, about the witcher council, about being what a witcher is and what a witcher does and what a witcher represents. And you get to see him get really banged up. You know, there are multiple times where he's clearly in pain. Now, we do make a little fun of uh, Geralt's pain faces sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, getting to see the passage of time and how it wears down on him both, you know, physically and mentally is really interesting, and it's not something that the Netflix series really delves too deeply into. So I enjoyed getting to see that and getting to see Geralt, like what it means to be a witcher and that's, the negative aspects of it, you know? Yeah, that's actually, that's a really, really good um, point. That's like a good one on your list that I totally didn't think about. Um, but you're absolutely right. That is something that I feel um, we really get in, um, in the Hexer. Now, I am curious... If, without spoiling anything too much, I am curious if maybe season three of, Same, yeah. of Witcher might give us a bit of that on, on that side. Like, we mm -hmm. might eventually see that on Netflix. But we haven't seen much of it yet. And um, and so I think, you know, the fact that we certainly see kind of, um, you know, the toll it takes on Geralt numerous times throughout um, throughout you know, the one episode of Hexer, I think that that is to its credit. So that's yeah, we get like we get some of him getting banged up in the moment, but it's not, you know, we don't really aside from maybe a scar or a comment about a scar in a later episode, we don't really see the long term ramifications of it. And yeah. as well as like, we don't really see his view from a character perspective in Netflix, which are, you know, in fan fiction, they explore it a lot, they get into his, you know, his feelings and how he feels about being a witcher and all that jazz. But on the show, he kind of is just like, yeah, okay, another day at the office, so. Yeah, as you bring that up, I actually, I hadn't thought about it too much, but uh, definitely, you know, in the moments where, you know, we were kind of exploring that, like, as a lifelong Wolverine fan, mm. like, that was something that, when I was paying attention to it, like, really resonated with me, because, you know, Wolverine can heal with anything. Doesn't mean it hurts any less. Yeah. 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 And, um, and it's, it is such a, it's there very much in the, the book as well. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if you could say it's represented. I mean, I think they represent it in a way that makes sense for the game in the Witcher game. Um, but it's definitely there in the book when you think about like the, the very first Witcher collection, The Last Wish, the, you know, basically your first story, your first full story is the Striga story where Geralt gets injured 
And the little framing kind of uh, device in that first collection, the Voice of Reason story, which does get adapted in um, the Hexer, is basically him recovering from that fight. So you're seeing him, like it takes time for him to recover. He sometimes does need help beyond what, um, what he goes through, what, you know, what he can do. And, um, and so, so you see that there, obviously you see it in the, the story with Yurga where he's, you know, attacked by the ghouls and we get that here. We do get that in the Witcher Netflix as well. It's probably the best example we get of, of, of the toll it takes on him. But even then he kind of gets over it soon. Here we got a whole episode where he's pretty much, you know, being recover, recovering, mm -hmm. um, at the temple under, under Nenica. And so you do, you do see it a lot more. Plus those, you know, the most unsexy um, butt <laughs> bath, scene ever, yeah. as we called it, you know, as he's <laughs> taking a bath after fighting whatever that monster was in um, a Shard of Ice yeah. um, episode. So it's just, yeah, you, you you see it a lot. So it's a good one. Um, but do you want to hear mine? Yes. You ready for mine? What would you say if I was like, no, episode over. We're episode done. over? Yeah. I mean, no more. we're stopping at fine. two and you don't even get to say yours. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry, bud. We're just going to have to cut it off right here. Of course I mean, we want to hear yours. Yes. Kind of a, kind of a weird ending for this, this side quest, but you know, Hey, I'm going to roll with it if that's what you want. No. Okay. Um, my number two, um, I guess it's, it, 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 it incorporates, Sean, your, your, the first one you said, but I think it goes a lot beyond. My number two is Nenica and the Temple of Melitale. I'm going to pronounce this Valerie style. Melitale. Now, no disrespect to Adjua Ando, who exudes both a deep humanity and a biting wit on Netflix's Witcher, but Hexer's Anna Dimna manages to unearth layers from the character that none of us expected or would have thought we wanted. And yet, seeing them on screen in a performance so full of energy, life, and yes, a strange but wonderful underlying sensuality, how could we not want to see more? And Hexer, in a rare moment of creative intuition, seems to realize this and give us precisely that. Nenica appears in four episodes on the Hexer, which is as many episodes as Siri and more than Yennefer. The result is a character we come to like and get invested in at a level that I've not ever experienced with Nenica before. Yes, we had lots of fun joking about the subtle flirtation that seemed to exist between her and Geralt, and that's certainly part of why I enjoyed her as a character, but she also had a narrative arc and contributed to Geralt's story in a profound way through the lessons she taught him and the bravery and willingness to sacrifice everything that she displayed in her final confrontation with Falwick. A confrontation that, I might add, was far more satisfying than the one we eventually got between Falwick and Geralt. Nedica was very much at the heart of all of this, but she was helped by Hexer's choice to flesh out the Temple of Melitale a bit more, showing us how it was used as a sanctuary for desperate refugees and the mounting pressure it found itself under from its monarch and the corrupt Order of the Crimson Rose that did its bidding. We got to know other fascinating residents of the temple as well, including Ciri and Iola. And let's, let's acknowledge Iola for a moment. She's an extremely weird character, but she was a fascinating one. What she was doing might not have always made sense to us, but she was never boring, and she definitely got her hero moment, moment when she warned Falwick about his impending death in a confrontation that, again, was far more intense and entertaining than Geralt's. Both Nedica and Iola played a key role in what was one of the Hexer's strongest narrative threads, the Order of the Crimson Roses' attack on the temple, which ultimately resulted in the death of everyone there. It's a tragic, tense moment involving dozens of extras and acting far superior than what we'd been accustomed to seeing. It also gave us Hexer's first cliffhanger, a very effective one, I might add. For all these reasons and more, I feel like Nenica and her temple are absolutely something the Hexer does better than the Witcher. In fact, there's only one reason it's not my number one choice on this list. Nenica never gets herself some Geralt. Girl, you had you had him naked in your room so many times. Shoot your shot. See if there's a sword that Geralt handles even better than a silver or a steel one. Forget, forget Melatele. Make that stubborn witcher learn to pray at the altar of you. So for that reason, that reason alone is not my number one, but it is, it is number two on my list of things. It, uh, that Hexer does better than the Witcher. I am, nice, I am toasting done. that right now. The, uh, just like the passion there. Everything. Just like 10 out of 10, no no. Come on, we were all cheering for it. We were all cheering it on and it never happened. Oh, and maybe, maybe, maybe that 
you know, is probably more true to the property. But come on, we all like Hexer is going to Hexer, but it didn't Hexer there for some reason. And why <laughs> didn't Hexer didn't? enough? Yeah. Why didn't it? You know, <laughs> so. Um, so, yeah. But but yeah, Nenica is amazing. And I did really that that like sort of narrative that was, I think, Hexer's peak for me, like, you know, like the the standoff at the the temple. I didn't put this in my description, but. It also helps that the temple was one of the best, the best sets that I yeah. think the Hexer had. That tassel yeah. or whatever they were shooting at actually looked almost, almost like Hollywood quality. Not, you know, never quite reached that. It looked like, like they bothered. Yeah. yeah. They, just yeah. Find, they, they tried. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't just yeah. like stumble onto some location somewhere and be like, <laughs> all right, this will work for the budget. Yeah. 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 And, um. And yeah, like it, it was a fun set. This guy will let us shoot here for a case of gin. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever the reason, I'm glad they, they went with that set. And, um, you know, yeah, like cheers to Nenica and a uh, slight little cheers, small little cheers to Iola. You are a weird, wonderful addition to <laughs> the Hexer. I I applaud you willing, your willingness to go there. So <laughs> um, anyhow. Yeah, which moves us all to our number one, our number one. Which or does it? Oh, do you have? Oh, does it? <laughs> Sean, are you going to surprise? I us suppose now? it would if there wasn't a segment of surprise oh being my gosh. called. Wow, my producer Sean, <laughs> wow, this is the first. This is the first, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I watched the movie. You watched the movie. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Why would you do that for yourself? Were you I, sober? So you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> were, Sean's were so, taking one you, for the team. You you could not have been sober. Uh, I guess the question is, how drunk were you? Um, appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> so, what oh. tales do you have to tell us, Sean, about your yeah. adventures? So, going into it, I was thinking about it. You know, there's it's like a 50 minute runtime per episode. Thirteen. It's like you know, roughly 11 hours of content that they have to cut down to two hours of like i guess theoretically they were attempting a coherent story uh in the you know three-act structure of a film and i thought about like okay so like what is there to make that work uh and there were three things that i thought of uh there's you know Geralt struggling with his humanity which you know gives him an arc there's siri which gives him motivation yeah uh and there's guido which you know gives him an enemy <laughs> and it really felt like when they approached it that way, they kind of got that that's like what they had to work with, but yeah. they still did a shitty job of it. <laughs> uh, like there were, there were certain things that were executed reasonably well. Like they blow through the, all the child Gerald stuff under the opening credits, Oh, okay. uh, which is the way to go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, so you see Guido and, you know, them saying that they're going to kill each other someday and, and all that. And then the next thing that we come to is the uh, the hedgehog story. Mm. So it's setting up that like, okay, this is going to be about Geralt and Siri, which, you know, if you're going to do all this in two hours, that makes sense. Yeah. But then they also don't quite know what to do with the fact that they so poorly handled some of like the most important characters to the uh, stories. So they do like pretty much most of the dragon episode. Hmm even though it like completely derails where they were going, it means that they wind up ignoring Guido for like an entire hour uh, huh. when, you know, he's supposed to be the villain of the piece. Uh, I will say the translations were much better. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was um, official, right? It's an actual, like, I believe release? so. Yeah. I watched yeah. it on YouTube, but I know that there is an actual DVD release, which I considered buying at some point <laughs> and then wound up stumbling onto the fact that it is on YouTube because I was at some point, I think it was just like, uh, like who else is talking about Hexer? So yeah. I just like Googled it on, or I just searched it on YouTube. Uh, and then I was like, Oh, the movie's here. Okay. <laughs> so, it's still like from scene to scene, from shot to shot is a mess editing wise. Like it is not coherent. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they kind of got that, you know, Guido Siri humanity was kind of what the overarching story should be about. Uh, even if they didn't really execute it on as well as they should have, like given that they have a good instinct. Hmm. So, so they're, they like like all things Hexer. They kind of 
started in the right place and then just, you know, executed it like in the completely most bizarre way possible. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much. Also, not one boob. <laughs> not one. <laughs> really? Boobs. What are you what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's a little that's a little surprising. Like Tay and Vea are in it because they do most of the dragon episode, but uh no but they cut bathtub foursome. Oh. <laughs> that's the best part of the dragon episode. <laughs> um Were there any sad butts? Uh yeah. no sad but there's like mm. pretty much no nudity in it at all, actually. Bummer. Huh. Yeah. Huh. You know, that's that's that you know, that seems odd. I guess TVs maybe more permissive than they want the the show to be. That's really weird. I wonder if there's anyone who watched the show with their little kid thinking that, oh, it's going to be like the movie. And then second episode, there was full on full frontal, <laughs> like, 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 you know, female nudity in it. And it's like, Europe. They have different views on I, these things than our puritanical American culture. Was, yeah, healthy reviews. Where, that is you true. Know, but not healthy enough to put it in the, the movie. <laughs> not this time, unfortunately. Um, oh. So, yeah, so they go through, like I said, they go through most of the dragon episode uh, and then they kind of steer back toward, uh, you know, the whole Nenica storyline to get uh, Siri and Guido being a part of the Geralt's journey again. Hmm. They dip into Blaviken pretty briefly, uh, just because, you know, Geralt is taking his revenge on Renfrey for fucking up the temple. Hmm. So they do uh, they do have Renfrey. They don't have the seduction, though? No. Uh, no? We never meet, uh, like, the first time we meet Renfrey. We don't have, yeah. like, child Renfrey um, yeah. stopped on the road by whoever the hell that was. <laughs> but we don't have, uh, it's only evil Renfrey. Hmm. But we don't have her poisoning Geralt like she does at the end of that one episode. And No. Um, no, hmm. none of that. That's interesting to me. Um, does Geralt still disappear? <laughs> he does still disappear <laughs> in the Blaviken scene, yes. <laughs> that, that, that's, and that's, spoiler alert, no further explanation is given for it in the film than in the TV series. <laughs> it probably seems slightly less random when it happens in a two-hour film than when it happens in the, what was it, the, the 10th episode yeah. of a, yeah, the 11th episode of a... Yeah, to 1 to episodes. Yeah. Yeah, so... And then, huh. uh, yeah, so, like, the, like, most of the, like, the third act is basically the second-to-last episode uh, with all the, the Baron and Guido and all that and the fight, and, you know, it's trimmed down. Uh, there is, there is a trimmed-down version of the, like, weird vodka torture. Hmm. Um... And then they kind of blow through the last episode in about seven minutes and it ends with Geralt and Siri coming together. So huh. it is, you know, like the, like I said, the overall instincts to figure out like how to focus all of that into a two hour story were there. They just did a terrible job of it. <laughs> Does Yaskir reveal himself to be a half elf in a really half-assed way? Did he? I don't, no, he did not actually. Ah, <laughs> She did not. <laughs> and, Interesting. And, yeah. Huh. Um, I don't know. You know, maybe one day I'll, I'll, um, I'll be drinking alone at night and somehow <laughs> it'll make sense to, to, to <laughs> throw this on. But I, <laughs> short of us doing it as like a challenge for the podcast, I just don't see me. <laughs> I don't, you may be the only one of us that does that, producer Sean. <laughs> that, uh, like, you don't have to do a shot. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Valerie? You think you'll ever watch a movie? I don't know. Maybe just to <laughs> see, just to see yeah. what it's all about. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. But um, was it time to move to number one, or are we still I, got more to say about the movie? I think so. And I feel I'm like impressed. it's going to be the same number one for everybody. <laughs> well, Sean, I Sean, I salute you. Yes. I will, I will um, I will drink to that, even though I am not actually drinking in this episode because I'm still sick. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but cheers, cheers, um, Sean. Yeah, uh, I toast to I toast to your fortitude <laughs> and um, and and ability to to sit through <laughs> strange Witcher adaptations. <laughs> um, but yeah, on to our number one, and we all think it's the same. Yeah, number I do. one. Do you think so? Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So, are we gonna? How are we going to do this? And we should be three, two, one, three, two, one to say it. And then we yeah. can all expand on. Okay. Count us uh, down, Sean. All right. Uh, three, two, 
one. Geralt, yes, yeah, 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 that was it. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, I knew that would be at least you and me, Valerie. So, yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> um, why don't you read your thing, and then we can, unless Sean, you have something you want to go with first. But why don't you read what you've written, and then we'll jump in. Okay. Well, um, I mean, don't interrupt me because it's a whole flow. Okay. Who <laughs> me <So>. never? <laughs> um, I'll go refill. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and it, I mean, I'm fine with going first here because I think whatever you're going to say, this is one where I de definitely think whether you've written it down or not, you're going to put it better than I can um, because you are all about the ships. Um, but yeah, Geralt's relationship with Yaskier has to be the number one thing that Hexer does better than the Witcher. Um, I was trying to think about whether this is more a strength of Hexer's or a shortcoming of the Netflix series. And I think it's a little bit of both. Clearly, The Witcher made a choice to stray from the dynamic we all knew between Geralt of Rivia and his bard bestie for reasons we may never know or understand. And yes, I'm going to criticize it for that and live in perpetual hope that we see their relationship begin to resemble something like a genuine friendship as the series goes on. And if I'm willing to criticize Netflix's Witcher for that, then I also have to praise the Hexer for staying the course and not trying to fix something that wasn't broken in the original books. While at the same time, having the creative intelligence to dial back or outright skip some of Book Dandelion's more problematic moments. Geralt and Yaskier are unlikely friends, absolutely. The first time Dandelion appears in the books, Geralt acknowledges that it's a case of opposites attract. But it's that unlikely friendship that makes it both so intriguing and perhaps more relatable. More importantly, however, it humanizes Geralt, and I'd argue that's especially important in a visual medium like television. The Witcher novels can bring us into Geralt's head in a way that television can't. So instead, we have to look at Geralt's actions and interactions with others. When Yaskier appears for the first time in the Hexer's fourth episode, Geralt fundamentally changes. Suddenly, he has someone else he cares about, and just as important, who cares about him. That changes him in profound ways that are brought to the screen in the show's fifth episode, A Shard of Ice. Would Geralt have had the strength to leave what was clearly a toxic, manipulative relationship with Yennefer if not for Yaskier's ability to convince Geralt of his worth? Likely not. Would we have understood what he was wrestling with internally if Yaskier wasn't there to talk it out with him? I don't think so. And can you see Netflix Geralt and Yaskier having a similar conversation in The Witcher's first season? Absolutely not, and therein lies the problem. Let's keep in mind that as a Witcher, Geralt was mutated to eliminate all emotion. Before Dandelion, Geralt's closest relationships were with his fellow witchers, who have undergone the same mutation. Yaskir, as a poet, traffics in emotion, beauty, wonder, and love, all the things Geralt believed himself incapable of experiencing. His friendship with the bard is essential to his overcoming his mutation and learning to care about and love others. So it's an important relationship. Fans love and appreciate it, and the Hexer, much more than the Witcher, gives us a sense why. Heck, it even leans into what so many Tumblr fans and fanfic writers have embraced, the potential for romance between the two. Is there perhaps more than simple platonic affection between Geralt and Yaskir by the end of the Hexer? It's left a bit ambiguous, but I think you can make a strong case that there is, especially considering that Yennefer is a non-presence for most of Hexer. With Yen gone, Geralt's friendship with Yaskir arguably becomes the most important one in the series, and the chemistry and camaraderie between Mikhail Zabrowski's Geralt and Zbigniew Zamachowski's Yaskir certainly allows you to view their relationship through all kinds of lenses. So whether it's a burgeoning romance, the best of friendships, or something intriguingly in between, the Geralt-Yaskir relationship gets its due on Hexer, which displays an understanding of its importance to the property and its fan base that The Witcher surprisingly does not. And for that, this is my choice for the number one thing it does better than Netflix's Witcher series. Well done, Tim. Here, here. Yeah, I am. Um, well, I will take umbrage with one small thing you said, because you said he was mutated to not have emotion. Maybe yes, maybe no. That's, a, you know, there are things in the book where it's like, oh, does he really have no emotion? Because here he is being emotional again. And Book Dandelion well, does I call him out on that. But yeah. Well, well I think he was Hexer version specific. Hexer right? specific, yeah. 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 Well, I think he 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 was supposed to be. I think the question yes. is, did that was that successful or, you know. Um, does he learn on the path, like, you know, um, to come to care about people and feel things? And, you know, I think you can make a case that that's kind of his whole yeah. over branching narrative from start 
of this series to mm-hmm. the final, you know, the final volume. So um, a naked lady witcher is a good way to uh, kick that off. <laughs> um, I'm not going to complain about a little, little, little nudity along the way. Um, but yeah, what do you guys have to say about this? Yeah, I mean, I agree completely. I really like this relationship. I like seeing them get to be friends. You know, all shipping aside, I like having two people that genuinely seem to enjoy each other's company and want to be around each other and actually, like, have fun together and tease each other and act like friends. Like, that's not something we really see in Netflix Witcher. There are times we've talked about it before where you're watching it and you're like, I don't understand why these two people hang out because they just, like, don't seem to like each other at all. So just, yeah, having them, having them bro out and then having Yaskier be supportive and be, say, Phil, you'll pardon the Witcher reference, a voice of reason. Um, and just getting, you know, having him break it down for Geralt and be like, no, this is a bad situation you're in and you have worth and you have value. Like, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate seeing his character play that role. I mean, I think because of how different the two people are, you know, this Witcher and this, you know, um, this sort of ridiculous bard, um, you have to have that for it to make sense. Otherwise, it really does just seem like, you know, um, Yasker is this like annoying little bug that just keeps pestering Geralt for whatever reason and Geralt just kind of puts up with him. Um, like it can really come off that way mm-hmm. if you don't know the the history that these characters have in this franchise and you're just basing it off of what you see in Witcher season one. Um, I mean, I think, you know, maybe it, it, you see that there's a little bit more to it, at least on Yasker's side and Geralt, you know, maybe Geralt's side as it goes, gets to the end, but not, you know, these guys are supposed to be really close and you don't, you don't get a sense of that. I I still don't really feel like we have a sense of that, um, on Witcher and I'm one, you know, with Netflix Witcher and I'm wondering, you know, is that going to change in season three? I really hope it does. Mm -hmm. So, um, Yeah. Yeah, what about you, see. Sean? What do you think? Uh, well, I feel like I have probably the, the weirdest perspective on this, <laughs> like despite agreeing with you, because, uh, you know, Tim, you've read all of it. Valerie, you've read like at least half of it by oh, now. Oh, like right? two thirds, 75%. Yeah. Percent. yeah. So uh, as far as like comparisons between Netflix Witcher and what's going on in the books, like everything that I know about that, I have absorbed from listening to you guys. Uh also, though, like watching the first season of Netflix and seeing just like how weirdly unearned uh, Geralt telling him to fuck off in the dragon episode was. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just like writing that doesn't deliver there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it, you know, you just like you didn't set that up. You didn't earn it. So enjoying the idea of that ship aside, it uh, it's nice that they get to come back together the way they do in season two. But since their breakup wasn't really earned in season one, despite the amazing song that it yielded, (laughs) uh, it's, it's something that creatively doesn't land. Uh, And hearing, having heard everything that you both have had to say about their relationship in the books. uh, It's just a, just an unfortunate choice in Netflix's Witcher. And seeing them just be pals in in Hexer was really nice. I think all that is a reason why, um, especially with season two, we've seen, you know, an element, the element of the fan base that, you know, like like I alluded to, the Tumblr and fanfic fans, you know, who who like exploring these sort of ships of their own and making it their their own. Um, all these ones that embrace Garaskir, I think that's why we started seeing them suddenly. A lot of them are like looking at Yeniskir and, you know, um, these other relationships because um, it's just like, it's just not there with Geralt. There's nothing to really hang that, that ship on, um, on, on Netflix or very, very little. I feel like the people that really do, um, you know, like, like write the fanfics or draw the fan art are kind of having to create that and build that themselves. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's, what's so interesting about Hexer to me is that um, Hexer kind of gives you that, you know, like it's there. And I think you can take it like a variety of different ways. Um, And um, I don't know. I'm curious what you thought of that, Valerie. Yeah. I mean, keeping in mind when this came out, this is the early 2000s. So gay representation in media is pretty non-existent and stuff like this. Like, so if they were going in that direction 
and I don't know if they were, but if that was the intention, I think this is about as far as you could show it on the screen. So, you know, if that if that was the intention, I feel like they they did what they needed to do based it on may the time have... period in which this came out. But yeah, I definitely, you know, you could definitely get those vibes from it. You know, yeah. at the end, he's like, I'm going to go take you to live with my friend, my best friend in the whole world. who's very dear to me. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And we're going to go live with him and his in-laws, the elves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think by making it a genuine friendship and showing that they're close and open and could be vulnerable with each other. Like, you know, you see Geralt cry to, to yeah. Yaskir. Um, by, by doing that, it allows fans who want to see the possibility of more between them to kind of, you know, like, like, like really sort of, um, if you want to call it cherry pick or whatever, but like, you know, like zero in on those things. Those There's moments. a base. Yeah. 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 It gives, you're right. That's the way, a good way of putting it. It gives them that base to build that on. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know that it was deliberate or not. It might not have been deliberate. Heck, we're, we're, having to um, base our discussion off of these sometimes some cases got awful fan mm -hmm. translations. So maybe it was just weirdly translated dialogue that like, if you, we understood the Polish would come off much differently, whatever it is, it's, you know, it, it's kind of enough to, to build this Garrisgear relationship off of if you want to. And I think it starts with having it be a friendship. So, um, so I mean, I'm not saying Netflix has to do that, um, but I think by giving us that friendship, you just allow, you know, you feed the fan base, all different types of the fan base, all different corners of it, um, something they both want and expect. And I would argue is integral to the franchise, to the property. Well, that, it's integral to the story too, because yeah. it's, you know, one of my main critiques about Witcher in particularly in season one is that old writing adage of show don't tell. They do a lot of telling and not a lot of showing. So they tell us that they're friends, but we don't actually see them be friends. And yeah. I think in order to tell them more, tell, but in order to have a more cohesive story, like you need to show us their relationship and actually show that they care for each other. And again, like I said, why are these two people hanging out? Because a lot of yeah. the times I'm like, I don't get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree completely. Um, you know, the flip side of that on net on Hexer was my question was, why is Geralt so hung up on Yennefer, <laughs> who we get almost we none see, of? We see like two episodes, um, yeah. Yeah, so they did they did well with the, the Yasmin-Geralt relationship, but yeah. they, they totally shit the bed with the <laughs> Yennefer-Geralt one. So, um, yeah, you know, no wonder it seems like he's, you know, he's more into his bestie than it yeah. does, you know. This, um, but, um, but hey, you know, and the hat. I mean, come on, that hat is undeniable. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, for sure. Um, do we want to say anything? Last final thing about Zbigniew's portrayal of Yasker? We all seem to like him. Yeah, I thought he did a good job of bringing humanity to it. You know, you talked about like Geralt crying to him, but he's also very open and honest with Geralt at times. He is. Saying, you yeah. know, like, look, I, I don't feel like I have a lot of friends and people value me for me, you know, so... I, I appreciated he it was a very human portrayal. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um I also, also had forgotten until uh rewatching well, watching the movie, uh so rewatching roughly two hours of the show. <laughs> what a good job he does of like pretending to be able to play the loot or actually being able to play <laughs> oh, the right? loot. Oh right, yeah, I yeah. talked about that in one episode. Yeah. Because yeah. there's there's this one shot where like, you know, his hand is like right there in the foreground, like on the frets. And it's like, oh, you look like you're playing the lute. And like yeah. normally this looks like garbage when people yeah. are pretending to play guitar or some kind of stringed instrument. Yeah, that's what I, I had said as well. I like I don't know if he actually knows how to play the lute, but I think he knows how to play guitar based on like how he was doing the hands. Yeah. I wouldn't so. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Yeah, I'd be yeah. interesting to know. Um, I don't know how hot the lute yeah. is in Poland, but Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But he did yeah. a really good job with it, yeah. He did. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of like saying the name Zbigniew. Zbigniew. <laughs> Zbigniew. I, 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 like, I like hearing you guys say it. And I was I gonna, like we we all like song. trying to say it at the very yeah. least. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so um, anyhow, that, that's all I have to say, I think, about. Any final Hexer thoughts before we uh, put a pin in it forever and ever, amen? Until we get <laughs> drunk and watch the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. 
I mean, we we did it. We did it. <laughs> I guess I'm glad we did it. I'm I'm proud of the fact that we um, discussed a show that I don't think many other Witcher podcasts have discussed. Um, maybe eventually down the line, people will check it out, and then we'll check out our episodes on it, and you know, um, um, we'll help them. We'll help. We'll help commiserate with them. You know, we'll be their their friends over the. You know. On the podcast waves that you know they can listen to for solace that having <laughs> having had to subject themselves to this for want of more Witcher content. I don't know. It was it was fun, but I am I am ready to move on, and I'm excited to to get to Blood Origin, which yes. I believe is is next for us, right? And it's short and sweet. It's not 13 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> it's a little bit too short and sweet. A little too we'll short. Get to, Spo- we'll spoilers. Get, we'll, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, yeah, moving back to the world of Netflix, finally going to do Blood Origin, um, you know, pairing it with some proper whiskeys. So, um, so yeah, you know, I'm excited. So mm-hmm. farewell, Hexer. Um, Bye, Hexer. You know, long may, long may you, well, you're not raining. I don't know what you're doing. Long may you kind of <laughs> simmer in this weird corner of the internet for people to discover. <laughs> so, see you out on the path, Hexer. We'll see y'all later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Whiskey with Witcher is a malcontent media production by Tim Beadle and Valerie Petrarca. Our producer is Sean Farina. For updates, picks, and behind-the-scenes shenanigans, follow us on Twitter at WhiskeyWitcher and on Instagram at WhiskeyWithWitcher. Want to ask us a question, share your Yenskir fanfic, or recommend a good whiskey? Email us at WhiskeyWithWitcher at malcontent.media or join the Whiskey with Witcher Discord. You can find the link at the top of our Twitter and Instagram accounts. Who knows, we might even share your comments on the podcast. Finally, if you like what you've heard, toss us a proverbial coin by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribing wherever podcasts are downloaded. Cheers! And uh, and one translation I really enjoyed, I forget if it was this in the show, but uh, in the bathhouse scene where, you know, Gerald is under the, the towel and all that, and the guy's <laughs> talking to him about... Yeah. Um, uh, Secret Service that requires passwords and responses. You say them if you know them. And Gerald's oh. answer is, I fuck your passwords and responses. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Do they have, do they, I, I, I don't know if they have that same, um, that same scene, but the other one we love, the I'll sink you in a crap. They, they, there are no, no craps were sunk. I'm <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Alas. <laughs>